0: Welcome to the City on a Hill Church Forest Hills podcast. We exist to see our neighbors from every culture follow Jesus as King. We're glad you're here, and thanks for listening. More information about the life and mission of City on a Hill can be found at coahforesthills.org. No, it's good to it's it's just good to be here and uh, to see many of you. Uh, you know, planting a church is is challenging. Uh, planting a church during COVID is infinitely more challenging but uh, I tell Brookline this a lot that I, I feel like God is is gonna do something come out coming out of covid um, a lot of people have been um, in a good way stripped down like to to, to feel like life is um, it's got to be more than just simply getting back out and going to some restaurants and seeing friends. And uh, I think there's just an opportunity for Christians to be very hospitable during this time, to welcome their neighbors, uh, to to engage, um, because a lot of people are going to need healing. I mean, this is like this is a traumatic experience. I don't know if you like really thought about it, but it's trauma. It's trauma for most people uh, the last year, uh, year or 15 months. And so um, our church Brookline is actually you guys have been able to meet in person. We've we've met now maybe half a dozen times in person uh last week was our first um in-person gathering that was unlimited Uh, so we were excited about that um but uh, we are praying for you we love you guys and look forward to doing things by god's grace this fall uh we'll do our church network wide retreat again up in new hampshire so um, that's going to be epic because we missed last year so uh, keep your eye out for that but as has already been shared, I, I feel like you know, all my cards have been shown already. This the text has been read, the Apostles' Creed's been read. So I'm like, you know, okay, I don't have anything to read except my sermon notes, so um, <laughs> which are not as authoritatively authoritative or as powerful as the Apostles' Creed and Romans 10. Um, but this new series that all the um, well, three out of the four City on Hill Network churches are doing. Is through this Apostles' Creed, and if you're from a liturgical background uh, or Catholic background, you you probably know this Creed well. You're like, "Oh yeah, I recited this," you know, growing up. Uh, if you're from a, uh, a more of a non-denominational charismatic, you know, or Baptist background, you're like, "I'm I'm not even sure what Apostles' Creed is. Uh, is it is it a band? Is it that guy that fought Rocky? Um, you know, uh, but that sounded better in my head than." than that. <laughs> The outside, yeah. I remember my uh, my first encounter with the Apostles' Creed. True story. I was uh, I came to faith my freshman year in college, and it was during that um, that first year, a couple of years. A uh, I was starting to listen to Christian music, you know, just and a, and a song came out called Creed by a guy named Rich Mullins. I don't know if anybody remembers Rich Mullins, but uh, incredible songwriter. And I just thought, what a great song. All these lyrics, I believe in God the Father. And, you know, just through all of this. And I I was so encouraged by it. Um, And then I found out it was based on a 1700-year-old creed. So I was like, well, I guess it should be good. But there's a line, there's a chorus that he wrote in there that, that really captures, I think, some of the essence of why we would look at the Apostles' Creed. The chorus is this, I believe what I believe is what makes me what I am. I did not make it. No, it is making me, it is the very truth of God and not the invention of any man. So he captures two reasons why we are doing the Apostles' Creed. Uh, and the first is that this, uh, it, it makes me what I am. Truth shapes us. Um, and, and, and the truth of the gospel, the truth of God's word, the core of the Christian faith, which is captured in the Apostles' Creed, shapes Christians. It's shaped us for 2,000 years. Um, these are not just some interesting theological ideas, but ideas that shape the way we live our lives day in and day out. And then the other idea related to that is, is that the Creed itself was put together by, by, by men, but it was not put together randomly like, what are some ideas we could come up with about God? These are deeply rooted, clear theological ideas that are, that are um, present throughout Scripture. Many would argue that the Apostles' Creed captures the very core of what the Christian faith is about. And, and while we are not going to preach the creed, we will be preaching some of the ideas from the creed from God's word. And the, the creed, you could think of it as like the moon. Right, the moon. You go out on a, a night where the full moon is out. Uh, the moon. We we look at the. Moon, we talk about the moon shining, but we all know the moon's not shining, right? Uh, the moon's light comes from somewhere else, doesn't it? It comes from the sun, uh, and so we look at the moon, and the reflection we get is is the light from the sun, and that's what the Apostles' Creed does. It's 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 a moon. It reflects the truth of God's word to us in a concise uh, and and simple way. Um, so. Um, the, it dates back to give you a little bit of the background, dates back to the, around the fourth century. The precise origin is a little bit of a mystery, um, but. Um there, despite the fact it's called the Apostles' Creed, there's no actual historical evidence that the Apostles came up with it. But, uh, but within a few generations, those that came after the Apostles, who were dedicated to the Apostles' teaching, uh, summarized and began to, to build its roots. There's abbreviated versions of the Creed that can be traced back to the second century. Uh, and it's believed during that time that it was actually used as a confession during baptism. So, so what you would do is the person who was getting baptized would come into the water and the person, uh, the, the minister or pastor baptizing them would say, uh, do you believe uh, in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? And they would say, I, I, I do, I believe. And they would baptize them once and then they would come back up and they would say, do you believe in Jesus Christ? And they would do that three times because there's three affirmations through the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, I believe in uh, Jesus, and I believe in the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so it was used back then for that. Even today, some, uh, some traditions still use it that way. Uh, it's, it's estimated that it was around the fifth century that it reached the form that we have it. So for 1,500 years, what we just read a few moments ago has been used in the church around the world. Uh, we're kicking off this series by looking at the first two words, I believe. Now, if you read the Apostles' Creed with us a few moments ago, you're thinking, sweet, we're going to be in the Apostles' Creed till Christmas if we're going to take two words at a time. Uh, but but it's, 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 we're going to pick it up a little bit, trust me. Uh, it's only going to be about 12 weeks, 11, 12 weeks. But uh, we're picking up, I believe, because that's the core of what you're saying when we read the Apostles' Creed. The Apostles' Creed was not meant to be some interesting theological ideas to reflect on, but, to, uh, but a statement to affirm, a statement to believe and hold to. Um, and Christians hold to some significant ideas. Uh, I know in our modern culture, it can seem uh, anti-intellectual, right? To, to to say, we believe things. I believe this thing out there. Um, but the truth is, every person here, every person on the street uh, of Boston passing by in their cars right now, uh, has beliefs that that shape their lives. They're beliefs that are deep in their heart. And the truth is, many of them, most of them can't actually understand. Uh, objectively point to something outside of themselves to prove that it's true. Now, what do I mean by that? Let's take the belief, simple belief, that all people are are equal, regardless of of race, ethnicity, nationality, that there's a beautiful equality to human beings and they deserve dignity and respect across every race and culture. Now, here's the the question. How could someone who, uh, yeah, someone on the street, do you believe that? It would say, oh yeah, I believe that. You ask them, why do you believe that? Well, they say, well, you know, I just think people are, and immediately they begin to appeal to themselves, I believe. Now, what's interesting is that's fine. People can, people can believe for themselves, but they have a hard time ever arguing why you should believe it other than their feeling. In other words, there's no truth out there to bind us all. There's no truth out there that, that says, like, there's a reason we believe that all people are equal, and it's more than my feelings. Because I believe whether a person feels like everyone is equal in dignity, value, and worth, people still are equal in dignity, and value, and worth. That our feelings are kind of irrelevant to it. And in fact, as Christians, we get to root ourselves in, in, a, in uh, the truth of the Apostles' Creed rooted in Scripture from, 15, from 1,500 years ago. We get to say, you know what? We believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And that same God the Father created human beings in his image from every tribe and tongue and nation on earth. And every person, regardless of, of intellectual capacity or, or physical ability, has dignity, value, and worth. Uh, so it's interesting that what the what the Apostles' Creed gives us is a foundation uh, for our beliefs, where our culture I would largely argue lacks objective foundations for for beliefs uh, that they that, that to, to unify around. All right, so to give you a quick book, uh, just for fun, if you're interested, it's not a thick book, um, but it's a really good intro to the Apostles' Creed, and it's called The Apostles' Creed by Ben Myers. It's a a small book, uh, maybe 100 pages, 80 or 100 pages, but it'd be a good companion if you want to read along during this series, Uh, Apostles' Creed by Ben Myers. So I believe, what are we gonna uh, see today from, from this idea of I believe? What do we gain from affirming and believing the Apostles' Creed? We gain clarity, we experience connection, we embrace formation, and we affirm a framework. So clarity, connection, formation, and framework. We're gonna hit these pretty quick, so listen up. Clarity. That's pretty simple, right? The, the, the Apostle's Creed gives us clear convictions. It's, it, it doesn't leave um, the central ideas of the Christian faith to, to discussion. It gives us an understanding, a fundamental understanding of our faith. It was used uh, not just for baptism, but leading up to baptism, it was used for what's called catechism in the early church and even in churches today where people were taught, what does it mean? Do you you believe God is the father? Why do we believe from scripture that God, father? Why do we believe that God is creator of heaven and earth? And it's what's awesome about the Apostles Creed is there's nothing in here about you and I and what we're supposed to do, right? So the, 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 the core central, uh, ideas of the Christian faith as given us here and clearly given us here are not be a good person. They aren't try harder. They aren't be nice to your neighbor. Those are all good things. Not, not, not against trying hard, not against loving your neighbor. Those are all good things, but they flow out of what comes in the Apostles' Creed. The Apostles' Creed is about what God has done, is doing, has done, is doing, and will do in the world of which we get to be a part of that if you are a Christian, if you affirm the, central, the, 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 the Apostles' Creed, then you have clarity about what it means to be a Christian. And this is what um, Paul is, is reflecting on in Romans 10, 9 and 10. He says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For the, With the heart, one believes and is justified, and with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. So with your mouth you declare that Jesus is Lord, but it's in your heart that you, that where faith is rooted. The Christian faith um, is is ultimately about believing these things uh, and ascribing to these things about about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Um, and it's sad. I, I struggle sometimes. I'll have conversations with with a person who's considering Christian faith or returning, and they get hung up on something like Noah's Ark. And they're like, I, I just don't know if I believe this. This is, I mean, it's crazy the way it's described. And I just don't think this happened. And I'm like, let's let's look at the apostles' creed. <laughs> because because I, I no one ever says, you know what, I came to believe in Noah's Ark, so I became a Christian. No, Noah's Ark is not in the gospel. It it it's it's in the word and it should be studied and learned and, and I believe respected and interpreted correctly. But it's not essential for a person becoming a Christian, or I would argue essential to live out the Christian life in this world. What is essential and the Apostles' Creed gives us this core doctrine, uh, and it's clear to us, clear for us. We also not, don't get just clarity, but we also gain connection, experience a connection. The Apostles' Creed has been uh, affirmed by churches across space and time. As I said a few moments ago, early church, um, you know, third century, fifth century began using the Apostles' Creed or parts of it, affirming it in baptism around the globe today. Right now, at this, well, not at this exact moment, but certainly around the globe today, uh, there have been Christians in every in every, uh, every continent. I'm sure every time zone um, where people live, at least, uh, have affirmed the Apostles' Creed. There's services here in Boston that today read the Apostles' Creed because they read it last week and they read it the week before, the week before that, or it's part of their regular liturgy. This affirmation connects us. It connects us with other human beings. It 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 liberates us. I would argue from the things that divide us. The many reasons we should be divided and focuses on the reasons we should be united in Christ. And it's awesome because when, when people affirm these truths of, of the Apostles' Creed, and these are our central reason for coming together, then we have the capacity, we have the ability, we have the, the, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit of God living in us, allowing us and helping us to be able to work through the ways we disagree and that's what the church is supposed to be, a place not where people try to figure out how to be unified, but experience the unity in the gospel and then live that out, begin to work that out. And that's not easy. It's hard, right? But how beautiful it is that we're uh, we're liberated from trying to make unity happen because we are connected. We are unified with each other. Paul says in uh, Romans 10, 12, for there's no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. So every Christian gets to affirm the, the, the gospel is revealed in the Apostles' Creed and we are unified and connected with each other um, around the world. We also experience formation. Well, sorry, before I get to that. Uh, one of the great things about affirming, affirming the doctrine or the truth of the Apostles' Creed together is, is not just how it connects us with Christians around the world, but how it connects us in community, in our own church, um, it's hard. One of the, one of the things that I've seen over the years as a pastor, I've been actually pastoring since I was 23. So 26 years now, um, actually in August, 26 years. And I've seen this over and over again. A Christian gets isolated, they get discouraged and they fall away. And they stop showing up at church. When we stay connected, when we're connected uh, and we're, we're, we're focused on the same truth together, we're focused on the same gospel together, then, then, then it gives us a strength that we can never have by ourselves. Um, I don't know if anybody ever, has ever been out to uh, the Big Sur, Big Sur National Forest um, on the coast of California. Anybody? The uh, redwood trees. Out there, I, I, uh, Teresa and I went out there a few years ago. It's the first time I'd been out there, first time I'd ever seen redwood. Um, they they really are big. I know everybody's like, oh, you, it'll blow you away. It's just, it's unfathomable how, how big they are compared to trees around here. And we have some big trees here, but just unbelievable trees. One of the interesting things about redwoods is, I mean, they take like hundreds and hundreds of years to grow. They're not like, hey, plant a redwood this year and next year, you know, watch it, watch it grow. It's, it's, it takes a long time. Um, And one of the, one of the interesting things you'll see through, through the park. And even when uh, my wife and I went to Yosemite, uh, you'll see, you'll see where uh, trees fell over in storms. And what happens is um, redwood trees don't actually have deep roots. They're very shallow roots, but their roots grow way out. And so what happens with redwood trees and the oldest redwood trees in the world, the one and tallest in the world, they grow in groves together. Because their roots interlock with each other. And what does that do? It provides stability and strength. And this is one of the ways that that God has given us. We affirm the truth of the apostles' creed together. That gives us a connection to each other. We're, We're affirming our roots and that connects us. And that and leads us into the third idea that we experience formation or we embrace formation by affirming the Apostles' Creed. We are formed by what we believe. You and I are formed by, by the ideas that we hold in the back of our mind. If you think you're a worthless human being in your heart, you're going to live your life in a certain way But out of that, right? If you think that, If you think too much of yourself, you're going to live your life a certain way out of that. If you dwell on what's wrong in your life, you will find yourself down all the time. If you dwell on all the ways you failed other people, you'll be discouraged. If you spend your time <clears throat> dwelling on all the things you don't have, then, then you'll be miserable with what you do. And the flip side is true. It's interesting, you know, the survey research on this is, has come out that uh, if if a person will, uh, every single day, take a few moments to name several things that they're thankful for, just a habit every single day and do that for 30 days. The overwhelming majority of people who do that said in 30 days, they find themselves uh, to be generally happier people. Why? Not because they got any of the things that they've been wanting, but because they've learned to root themselves and be formed by the idea of, I have reasons to be thankful. And Christians, we are formed by ideas. We are formed by the idea that we have a God uh, who is our father, who's creator. We have, are formed by the idea that we have a savior, God's son, who gave his life to redeem us from our sin, to live life in this world now filled with the Holy Spirit, right? And that one day, one day he's gonna come and judge the world. And, and these ideas shape us. And the more we're rooted in them, the more our lives uh, reflect what God intends for human beings to, to live um, and to experience in this world. How many Christians have I? It's interesting. How many Christians have I taught to over the years who um, who've experienced a deeper intimacy with Christ, deeper intimacy with God, by simply doing some by something doing something as simple as taking time every single day to pray, a consistent time to pray. Now, I'm talking about people who before that were like, well, you know, I try to pray. I pray when I'm eating or I pray, you know, when I'm on the bus in the morning or whatever. But I mean somebody who actually takes time, carves out, not while they're doing something else, to stop and to pray. And they, and they do that for 30 days. It's interesting. The vast majority of them are like, I, I feel more connected with God. I feel more uh, formed, more rooted in, in, in my whole life. Uh, and it's because we are meant to be formed by this idea. This is one of the reasons why I don't I don't necessarily ascribe to it by why churches will actually read the Apostles' Creed every Sunday. I think it loses a little bit of its flair if we sang it say it every single Sunday. I don't know if you grew up in uh, church, but <clears throat> my, uh, my first church when I became a pastor, I was 23. The average age was probably 65. So um, my parents taught me to respect my elders. So I was very careful about radically changing things. But one of the things I did kill is every single Sunday they sang the doxology. Um, and it was the most miserable thing. I love the doxology. It's beautiful. If you don't know the doxology, praise God from whom all blessings flow. And and I would get up there and uh I'd get up there on Sunday and I would hear hear them sing Praise God from whom and I'm like, oh no, no, no. God would rather us not sing it than sing it like that. Uh, So I killed it. We did it once a month or so. Um, But the Apostles' Creed, um, when we do make it a part of our lives, and I would say uh, just a suggestion for you, just just as an experiment, what if every single morning you got up, you prayed the Apostles' Creed? What if you did that for the next 30 days? I believe you would find your heart, your mind, your life shaped and formed for Christ. What does a lifetime of being shaped by the truth of the Apostles' Creed look like? but not just us individually, but us as a people being formed together. As, as, as you come to me and you're, you've been destroyed by your work and you're having a horrible time and you're, you know, you're just really down on things, and I, and I get to remind you, listen, you have God. You have God as your father. He loves you. He, he has not abandoned you. He is for you. He sent his spirit to live in you. And so reminding each other of these truths is a way that we help to form, our, we are formed and we form each other. And the final idea here is um, we also affirm a framework. The Apostles' Creed um, and, and, and the gospel itself help us to affor- affirm a framework for understanding the world <coughs> and life. Not just truths and ideas, but a, but a narrative that we are in. Uh, it's interesting if you look at the creed, and read through it. It's laid out in story form. I believe in God, the Father, creator. And then at the end, he will come and judge. And, and we will experience everlasting life. So the creed is a story. And it's the story that you and I find ourselves in. And it's interesting, our our culture is dying for for a narrative, right? Our culture is dying for a story that we can find ourselves in. This is why, um, whether it's the Marvel movies, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, or Star Wars, hopefully hit everybody with one of those. Um, I know everybody's got their favorite. But isn't it interesting, that every one of these, our culture loves these stories. They get into them, they, they watch the movies, they rewatch the movies, and they talk about them. And, and every one of them has this massive overarching storyline, doesn't it? This epic story that people are caught up in and everybody's a part of, whether, even if they don't realize it, they're a part of this, this story. I, I would just say that's exactly what God gives us in his word, and that's what the Apostle Creed captures us in a simple form. This is the story. this is the story that your entire life, my entire life is caught up in, and we were made for. you know one of the great things about it is all of those stories resolve one day there's this every one of those movies, every one of those series they resolve there's there's you know in in the end and and imagine if uh you know I've used marvel as an example if if uh Marvel had ended at Infinity War, you know? If if you don't know, Thanos wins at the end of that. <laughs> um, what if, sorry to be a spoiler, not a spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> but what if the movie had ended there? We would have lost, if you're a Marvel fan, we would have lost our collective minds, wouldn't we? Because the story didn't resolve. This isn't what's supposed to happen. The bad guy doesn't get to kill half of the universe, right? Um, and And so our story resolves our story resolves with god coming down and and undoing all that's broken in this world what a hope that shapes us what a hope uh, to root ourselves in And many of us, unfortunately, I think this is a lie of the enemy to get our minds caught down in our jobs and our day-to-day lives and miss the story, miss the understanding that our lives, we we feel insignificant. But the beautiful thing is that in Christ, in this storyline, we are part of an epic story. Yes, the story's not about you, but that's okay, right? The story's about Jesus. And we get to be a part of that. And it's like the, you know, maybe it's all of the Marvel movies combined together and we get like 10 seconds on screen in one of them uh, where we get to talk, where we get our part. And we're not a lead character, but we're in the background and we get to push the plot forward just a little bit. Um, What a great story um, for us as we live our lives out to be reminded of. As I close, um, Jesus reminded, uh, uh, Jesus told us in the, in the Gospels that um, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Do you remember that story? That gets planted, and it's a tiny, tiny seed. But then all of a sudden, it becomes this massive, massive plant that you know even birds nest in. Um, and that's a picture of what the 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 Apostles' Creed has done in some ways globally, because it's been this this core kernel, this core, simple, memorable. You can memorize it. Uh, core of truth, capturing the truth of God's word, um, and it's been used around the globe, and it has borne fruit uh, in people's lives around the world. Has kept, um, has been the core of the kingdom, if you will, uh, for all of us. And I know this seems like, as we're starting the series, you might be thinking, "I'm this feels like a just like a doctrinal series. I don't know how this is going to apply to life." Um, but I want to encourage you. As I said at the very beginning, you have beliefs, and I have beliefs that are undergirding us. When you get up and you go to your job tomorrow, uh, you have beliefs about your yourself, about your job, about other people, about your purpose in this world, about what your hope is, um, and those beliefs shape you. And I, and the great thing about this series is it's going to give us a chance to hold up kind of a mirror to those to those beliefs. And, and conform them to God's word, because that's what it means to be uh, in Christ, that you have, to be a fully formed, flourishing human being. Jesus said, uh, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Having it more abundantly is not this idea out there. It's very practical. It's about the here and now, and it is the, the Apostles' Creed that gives us this foundation, uh, this, this framework uh, for living out the Christian life. So I'm going to ask you, um, as I close in prayer, I'm going to ask you to take a few moments to reflect uh, and to, to, to pray yourself. Ask yourself uh, some questions about your belief. What have you been believing? We just finished a series in Brookline uh, called Schemes. We just focused on some of the schemes of, of Satan. Uh, deception, lies, right? That's, that's kind of the core of it, and accusation. That's That captures about 90% of what Satan does in this world. And so, you know, one of the things that we did as a church was take time to reflect and say, "How have I been deceived? What lies have I been believing about myself, about God, about wor- the world, about the people around me?" Um, listen, you, uh, you may think that that um, you may think that your life uh, is determined by your boss, determined by your coworkers, determined by your family, or whatever. But 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 the Scriptures teach us, and the Apostles' Creed teach us that our lives are rooted in God. And I wanna encourage you and challenge you uh, to to push back on lies maybe that you've been believing. So let's take a moment, bow our heads. I'm gonna pray. And I wanna um, just give you a few moments to, to reflect and pray on maybe ways that you have not been rooted in, in the truth of God's word. And then I'll pray together.